So we, uh, so uh, Jim and Ken and I want to do a video this morning recording what Jim shared with us today. We always start with appreciation stories and he shared a great one. And uh, we're trying to figure out what to call it. We're not quite sure. Kent had a, what was your title, Kent? Uh, global, what'd you call that? Cultivating global intimacy with social distancing. <laughs> uh, realizing there are actually some things that we can do with Zoom Church, that's a new title, that can't even be done if you actually can meet in the same place. And I think Jim's doing some great uh, conating, some great experimenting on that. And so, Jim, why don't you tell the story of that? And I think especially the way people are talking to their friends, wanting to be a part of it, and how you're handling that growth. So tell us that story. Okay. Well, in 1992, my wife and I invented the house church. <laughs> we, we, we thought we invented it, but we started doing house church not knowing what we were doing. And so we have been doing that since 1992 until, until two weeks ago. And um, we uh, just listening to the Lord the past couple of weeks, I really feel like God's going to do amazing things through this. Uh, as churches are shutting down, God's not shutting down. And so I feel this is something that's going to go on beyond the social distancing aspect of, of churches not being able to meet. And so we have met the last two weeks on a Zoom call. And after the first week, uh, we've had people say, can I invite somebody? And uh, we, we have a, we're, we're right near Fort Hood, Texas, which is the largest military installation in the world. And so one of, one of the guys, Sean, was, uh, he's a, a West Point captain, and he uh, was uh, hosting a church in his house and he got orders to go to Afghanistan. So he's in Afghanistan now. And so um, we told him we were going to do a Zoom church. So it was, we started at 1030 and I think it was seven o'clock in the evening his time. And so he joined us along with his girlfriend who lives in Seattle. And so after our first week, he said, can I invite my mother? Who's a former Catholic and wasn't, you know, wasn't doing what we do, uh, but wanted to come. And so the second week we invited his mother, I said, just send me your email and I'll send her an invitation. So we had about 18 people the second week and we, we did the rounds. I'm, I'm learning a little more about zoom every week. It's my goal. And so we had a we had a worship song. The first week I did it, you couldn't. I didn't know to turn the sound on, so we had this video in a screen share that nobody could hear. But the second week I figured it out, so we did that. And then uh, Sean's mother asked, "Can I invite my sister, who's a Catholic?" And I said, "Send me your email." And then Sean was talking to another soldier in. Uh, that he's over in Afghanistan with and tell him about what we're doing. And he said, well, my wife's pregnant back in Colleen, Texas, which is right outside of Fort Hood. Can we both come? So I said, send me their email and I'll invite, invite them. And so um, 
one, uh, Sean, I think Sean made the comment or his mother made the comment says, this is unbelievable. I'm in Detroit. My son's in Afghanistan and his girlfriend is in Seattle and we're all in church together. <laughs> and so I've had other people this week. I had somebody send me two emails. I don't even know who the people are, but they want to come. And so uh, Zoom, I, I think Zoom can handle the, the uh, program that I have with Zoom. Uh, we can, I can handle up to like 50 computers on it. And so this week I had to learn how to do breakout rooms because our, uh, our times together are always interactive. We do appreciation, we do check-in, we do um, listening, uh, listening prayer, uh, that's called. And Sean was taught by one of our Luke 10 brothers uh, when he was stationed uh, at Fort Huachuca, Arizona how to do listening prayer. So a few of the people didn't know what we were talking about when we talked about listening prayer. So Sean, I had Sean explain to him how, how Ryan, the neighbor, taught him on listening prayer. So he explained it great. And so that's what we do. And so we feel like we're gonna have to probably start training up leaders similar to what we're doing in Luke 10 in our Church 101s and leader teams. Uh, for people to meet together without violating any social distancing issues. There you go. So that's our story. Fantastic. <laughs> that's a great story. So I want to reflect on a couple of things. And then, uh, and then so this is Jim, for those who may be hearing this and, and don't know us, Jim Mellon, who's in Colleen, Texas. And I'm now in Naples, Florida, John White. And Ken Smith is in... Um, uh, in Abilene, Texas. So I want to take just a minute, Kent, and maybe reflect on what we've heard from Jim. Um, again, I'm thinking about people, Jim, who, who maybe aren't real familiar with Luke 10. And uh, I know that, that what you are doing is you're really, uh, your, your way of approaching things is built around the idea of these two rhythms of attention. And I wonder if you could say just a little bit more about each one of those and how you actually do those in church on the Zoom call when you meet? Well, what we do is we start out with uh, what we call an appreciation, something we're thankful to the Lord for that week. And so we, um, we with as many people as we had, uh, we, we have to limit everybody to two minutes. But once we go to breakout rooms, we're going to literally break these down into smaller groups where it can, they can spend more time uh, doing that. And, and so uh, we have people just take a few minutes and listen to the Lord and, and share something that they're thankful for, which, which right now is, you know, is really important that people, people look, look at that. Yeah. And then uh, the other rhythm that we do is we teach people how to check in uh, with their emotions. Um, and we use an acronym called SASHET, S-A-S-H-E-T, which stands for sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, or tender. And so we allow people kind of share, where are, where's your heart today? How, how are you feeling this morning? And often that helps us lead to times of prayer for people. 
some some people are doing better than other people. And so one of the things that turned out, fortunately, everybody but one person was getting a paycheck, and that one person uh, was not. She had to. She's a massage therapist, and she had to shut her business down totally. And she had rent due. She had bills come and due, and so you know she was sad about it. And so we got to. Uh, not only pray with her, but we got to get together. And by the next week, people had donated money to cover her expenses for a month. Wow. And so uh, so the importance of, of checking in at a heart level, uh, we find out where people are at. And, and, and her, her particular situation was financial, but a lot of times it's emotional. Mm-hmm. People are lonely. And so we feel this is a way to um, engage people. Uh, So I think one of the words I I shared with these guys, the word the Lord gave me back before March 13th, was this was going to be worse than we think, and unemployment was going to grow dramatically. But the Lord seemed to be saying it is a great time for us to minister for his church to step forward when the world's in confusion. And I believe that's happening uh, on different levels, but the the place that the Lord has taught us, we have been doing Zoom calls face-to-face for years now. We we lead, my wife and I lead two leader teams, and we've done a number of church 101s. And I, I tell people, it's hard to believe, but you can see people, we cry together, we laugh together, we pray together. Uh, this Sunday, we're going to have communion together. Everybody has to bring their own elements, but the Lord, we felt the Lord say they have communion together. I love it. So if you want to find out how to do this, uh, we have great people training um, on how to bring people together uh, remotely um, and, and minister to people that are just lonely. Yeah. So uh, you can... You can learn how to do church 101, and, and then we have what we call leader 101 also. I'll, I'll make a couple more comments, and then I want to hear from Kent. So one comment is uh, the, the passage in Romans 12, I think it is, where Paul says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And yet in traditional church, often there's no opportunity for that. You know, it's, it's worship time, and it's teaching, preaching, and all of which is fine. But I think those are two mandates, really, for believers that, of all places, ought to be happening in church, and that's exactly what you're doing. Hmm. Um, Address one other thing, Jim. Some people who aren't familiar with kind of how we in Luke 10 do church, house church, might say, well, where's Scripture come in? Where's the Bible in all this? Was there any teaching that occurred? I think there was, but how would you answer that? Yeah, we actually had a, a short lesson uh, my wife felt like the Lord was speaking to her about prayer. And so we, we, we broadcast before the meeting. We asked uh, the people that were going to be on the meeting to just get with the Lord and share a scripture, share something you're thinking about prayer. Because obviously I think more people are thinking about prayer these days than other times. And so um, we got to... Uh, we got to, she shared, she shared a little bit and then we, we went around and people that had, um, had thoughts about that, uh, or we listened to the Lord for a while and wanted to see what he wanted to say about prayer. 
And so a lot of people shared scriptures that, that popped out to them. And so, like I said, it's, it's mostly interactive. You know, we learn from one another. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's just a, a powerful way. And I think people, we had some people this last week that have never experienced this. And so I think they would all tell you that it was just amazing. And they really felt like they heard from God um, and that they learned stuff. Makes, makes me think of uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. When you come together, brothers, and I think it's when you come together to do church, everyone has a word of instruction, a hymn, a revelation, and so on. So everybody gets to play. This is participatory church as opposed to spectator Christianity. Ken, uh, what's up? Uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been sharing that for a year, that scripture. So I want to encourage, if, you're, if this is new to you, read 1 Corinthians 14.26 <laughs> and say, how does that look like in the context of the church coming together, the ecclesia, the people coming together? Yeah. Kent, I bet you got all kinds of uh, things you're thinking about right now. Yeah, we don't have enough time. To <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I love, Jim, what you're describing there. It is such a beautiful picture of uh, church as a whole ecosystem of God's grace uh, with each person being a gift, the grace of God, and each person bringing what it is that God has given them in a given moment uh, to bless, to encourage, to build up the body of Christ. We say in Luke 10 that um, ecosystems that have access to themselves grow more healthy over time. And uh, I think that's precisely the whole notion of oikodomeo, that, that building up idea that's always connected with the assembly in New Testament teaching. Uh, when you get together, be sure you do it to build one another up. And that's something that the whole body shares. It's not a, a, a role that one part or several parts play. It's the whole body working together to build itself up in love. And one of the dynamics of what you're describing there, Jim, and, and you too, John, is, is that this is not just in case teaching. We're going to tell you some things just in case you need to know this someday. This is just in time teaching. This is learning together under the present leading of the presently alive Holy Spirit, what it is that we need to be giving our attention to now. And we're able to do that because we're listening deeply to one another, this body of Christ that is present, even virtually, even across the miles, this body of Christ that God has brought together through this technology to see and to hear and to really be with one another, to understand one another and to be there for one another under the power of the Spirit. So. Um, yeah, this is this is about as close to biblical Christianity as as I can imagine, and I love the the way that you guys are finding to to put that into practice under these circumstances. Amen. One thing I, I noticed was that um, I know that Ryan, who is an officer in the army, had discipled Sean, another West Point guy, in how to listen to Jesus, and then it was Sean who you drew on to teach the whole group about how to hear God's voice and how to listen to him. I think that's a, a beautiful picture. It's not like one person's doing all the teaching, but everybody gets to play in that game. Yeah. Um, make one more last comment. I'm working on a podcast right now that's um, asking the question, what, what is it that God wants to do through this whole coronavirus thing that's going on? And the thought that has occurred to me is that it may be answering 
the prayer that we've been praying, which we call the 10 to be prayer, uh, where Jesus in Luke 10, verse 2, part B, said, beseech the Lord of the harvest to thrust out workers into the harvest. And the word for, for thrusting out is the word ekbalo. One of the definitions of ekbalo is to cause to depart. And it strikes me that in a very surprising, almost shocking kind of way, what we're seeing is maybe it's God behind this whole idea that's causing the government to cause people to depart from traditional church. Maybe it's because he wants to teach us all kinds of new things about doing church and being church exactly as, uh, as you're modeling for us, Jim. So what if this is a season where we're learning, God wants us to learn something uh, new that's really important, that maybe is really something old, it's much more like what church was like in the New Testament. So, any other closing? Uh, I can see this becoming a podcast, by the way. So, uh, any any other comments that either one of you guys want to make before we finish? This is good. Well, I'll just say I can't wait till this Sunday to see what God does. <laughs> that's, that's a right. that's a novel idea. Can't wait until Sunday to see what God does. And you know, um, Jim, when was the last time? I think a lot of people who are listening to this had people spontaneously running, running up to say, Hey, can I bring some friends to this? You know, I mean, that by itself starts to feel like that treasure in a field that Jesus describes when people come across the kingdom and they actually see it for what it is. And they say, man, how can I drop everything I've got going on to get in on this deal? That sounds like the real thing to me. Yeah, that, that's, that's so exciting to hear that and see people. And it's so simple. All they got to do is answer, click on, accept my email invitation. And they can be there in their pajamas if they want. <laughs> you better be careful. You're going to have people all over the place uh, trying to get in on this thing. So you better train I think so. <laughs> so again, I want to just say for people that I, because I'm going to turn this into a podcast. Uh, who are listening to our stories from the revolution, what you are hearing is revo a revolutionary story. Um, and this is being told by my two friends, Jim and Kent. Uh, we are the, um, uh, the oversight team for the Luke 10 community. And so we meet like this um, every week, um, every, every Thursday morning. We are together. We always start with an appreciation story. We're always listening to Jesus. And uh, so th these are just uh, part of the core values of what the Luke 10 community is about. So brothers, thank you. Good stuff today.